Okay, the title for this morning is First Importance, the Gospel. Let's pray, because that's important too. Lord God, we thank you for the Bible, your abiding word, which is, as your word says, is living and active and it cuts to our hearts. Thank you that it shows us who you are, and it also shows us who we are, and it also shows us the right response to you. We pray that you will help us to grasp the real importance, the first importance of your gospel, which means good news. That message that has been proclaimed and preached down through many, many years. We thank you for the faithfulness of, of men and women who have indeed preached the good news of the gospel. We thank you for those early Christians who indeed spread the good news when Jesus rose from the dead. We thank you for that momentous truth in your word. So to help us to grasp it and the real importance of it and that it would shape and change our lives, and our lives would be guided by it. We ask this in his name, that name that is above every name. Amen. I brought along a visual aid, you know, I'm, I have been known to bring along a visual aid. Do you, oh, you, you, remember, you remember this one, don't you? About 2021, I think that was. The pencil. <laughs> but I brought along Jenga this morning. Have you played Jenga? I'm sure that you know how to play Jenga. And I guess many of you have likely played it. You start with a tower of wooden blocks, which I've got behind me, haven't I? A tower of, of wooden blocks. The tower is quite stable. I think, yes quite stable, until you begin the game. Have you played it, Jade? Have you played Jenga? So you take it in turns, don't you? Each player takes it in turn, only using one hand at a time. That's the rule. One hand at a time. To take how many blocks, Jonah? Yep, take one block from the tower. And how do you get the blocks out the tower? Jade, how do you get the... Give us an example. Go, go and give us a demonstration. How do you get them out without it falling over? One hand. You're using one. You find a loose one, don't you? Oh, there we go. Good example. And what do you do with it then? Put it on the top. Well done. Oh, Jade's played the game before, obviously. <laughs> well done. So you find a loose one, which Jade found straight away, didn't she? And you, you take care not to topple the towel, then you put it... On the, on the top. Now think of this, and the winner is the one 
who's the last one to take a block out and put it on the top without it falling down. But, and you lose the game if the blocks fall down. Now, I was thinking of this as an illustration of the teachings of the Christian faith. Each block representing a biblical truth, right? And as with any structure, there are foundations. The ones, the ones at the bottom are there are taking all the weight, aren't they? Holding it, all the rest up. There are foundational blocks. And in the Christian faith, there are foundational blocks of biblical truth. And we I've just taken this down from, from the porch. What we believe as a church about God, there's nine, nine of them. What we believe about God, the Bible, the human race, the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the fundamental beliefs of the church about the Lord Jesus Christ, salvation, the Holy Spirit, the church, baptism and the Lord's Supper. And finally, what we believe about the future. So I was thinking this morning on these blocks. I've got some labels here. So if you want to come out and take a block and I'll stick a label on for you and then write on what we believe, which is fundamental to our Christian faith of the biblical message. OK, I've given you a, a few ideas about the Bible, about God, about Jesus, the church, your per oh, brilliant. He died. Jesus died. And Jesus, oh, Jesus is alive. Oh, I think those should, those should go at the bottom, shouldn't they, really? Because those are really important. You know, you wouldn't believe this. Our reading, the first importance. This, you won't believe this. These two came first, didn't they? And the reading of the first importance in 1 Corinthians 15, the first importance is that Christ died for our sins. Hold it up the right way. He was buried and raised on the third day. How about that? Now, that, that confirms, as, as, Lorraine, as Lorraine knows, I was really struggling while I was dying. <laughs> okay, you're building it. Well done. He died. All these, these are all fantastic. I love God. Repentance of sins is essential. Hope. Jesus rose from the grave again and Jesus the saviour of the world. Oh, these are fantastic. Well done. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is there one more? Is there one more? One more. We need one more. Okay, Jay. Well done, everyone. Fantastic. So, so as I said, think of the game as an illustration of the teachings of the Christian faith. Each block representing a biblical truth. And as with any structure, there are foundational blocks that are utterly vital to the stability of the whole thing. And the beliefs that are core to, the, to Christianity, we've got them listed there, the beliefs that are core to Christianity that we're going to look at this morning from 1 Corinthians 15 
are the death and burial, resurrection and appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, including the foundational truth of first importance that Jesus died for our sins. These are fundamental to our faith. Are they fundamental to your faith? This is the foundation that the church is built on. Is your life built on these, on a sure foundation, the solid rock, who is Jesus? So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 11. I'm reading from the NIV translation. Okay, here we go. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel. And that's what I want to do this morning as well. I want to remind you, like Paul is reminding the Christians at, at Corinth, is reminded, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received. Have you received it? And on which you have taken your stand. Are you standing firm on the gospel this morning? For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried and he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. But Christ has indeed been... Oh, <laughs> I've lost... Oh, shall I, it, it, was that right? <laughs> that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Wow! Most of whom are still living, because this was written probably about 20 years by Paul after. So some of the Christians, the believers, the brothers and sisters were still alive, though some of them had died, they had fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me, Paul says, also, as one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, Paul says, and I do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But, my favourite word, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Can you say that today? Like Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. I, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I. He, he says, it's not me, but the grace of God. But, the, and where would we be today without the grace of God? But the grace of God that was with me. Whether then... It is I or they. This is what we preach. I pray, pray that I would... Obviously, I'm not, I'm not a preacher, but I'll do my best at speaking this morning. 
and sometimes it's not good enough. <laughs> and this is what you believe. We preach, and this is what uh, is that is that what you've done? You've believed. Have you believed? Is it is it what? Could we change that to what I believe? Is it what, is it what you believe? Have you put your faith and trust in the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ? Wow. We read there, didn't we? The, the one that stood out to me when I, when I said wow, and, and in my notes I wrote down wow, Jesus appeared to more than 500 Christians at one time. Imagine you didn't make it to church one Sunday. One Sunday morning. And on that morning, Ruth announced that William and Kate, the Prince and Princess of Wales, were visiting the Manor House Pantry a week on Thursday. Wow. Then during the following week, you bumped into someone who had been to church that morning and heard the announcement and said to you, missed you on Sunday. You'll never guess who is visiting the Manor House Pantry a week on Thursday, William and Kate are. You would say, you would No, I don't believe it. <laughs> you probably say, I don't are you sure? Are you sure? Has, has, has Ruth been drinking too much? Uh, <laughs> Pepsi Max. <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure, are you sure she's, she's got... You'd say that, wouldn't you? But if... They said you can phone or text 490, oh Lord, to have 499 people here. Wow, we, we, we wouldn't have, we'd have, we'd have to definitely build, <laughs> we'd have to definitely have a bigger church. If they said to, you can phone or text 499 more who were there and said the same, you would believe them then, wouldn't you? You would, you would believe that William and Kate were coming to the manor house. So these are historical truths, aren't they? And that one really amazed me. That the bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ actually, it really happened. Jesus came alive again. Because in verse 20 of the same chapter, another favourite verse of mine, which starts with my favourite word, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And then in verses 13, if, we, if we'd have read on, in verses 13 to just read 13 to 14. Because if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. I might as well go and sit down now if Christ has not risen from the dead. Our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. This is the fundamental belief that Jesus raised from the dead. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, a fundamental truth of the gospel message, everything, what does it do? Without that, everything collapses, doesn't it? Everything collapses. 
without that. The gospel message really matters in verse 2. By this gospel, you are saved. That's why it really matters. This gospel message, you are saved by this gospel in verse 2. And if you hold firmly, trust that our church will continue to hold firmly. And our church is made up of believers here. You and me, we've got to hold firmly to this good news. Otherwise, you would have believed in vain, Paul says. Our church, Bethel Church, Blackheath, needs to hold firmly to the foundational, most important truths of the gospel. Verse 3, that of first importance. It's most important. Number one, that Christ died for our sins. That one should be right at the bottom because Paul says it's first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Wow. Why did Christ die for our sins? Mine and yours. Personal. Have you put your personal faith and trust in that, that Jesus died for my sins? Can you say that this morning? Because death and sin are coupled in the Bible. At the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 2, I think it is, God warns Adam, on the day that you eat of the tree of what? Of knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Also, we read the soul that sins, it shall die. And we also read in Romans, the wages of sin is death. The just consequence of our sin is death. Sorry, just thought about uh, uh, yes, yes, that was Friday, wasn't it? Went to, went to our auntie's uh, wake, had a, pr a private cremation. 90, was she not 91 or 92, wasn't she? Auntie Hazel, my, my auntie. It brings, it brings it home to you then, doesn't it? It's the most... I was talking to Steve, um, my cousin's husband. I said, I said to him, it's the most certain thing in life. And he said, you're right, Simon. <clears throat> well, you're right, it's the most certain thing. Uh, and we need to be ready. We need to know where we're going. And we need to make sure that this gospel message is, means everything to, to us. Because it's good news. That's the bad news. 
about death, separation from eternal separation from God, if you do not believe. But there's good news. The gospel, which I'm bringing to you this morning, that Christ died for our sins, first importance. Jesus took our place. He's paid the debt. He's borne our sin. I want to read Isaiah 53, verses 5 and 6. Starts with but. But Jesus was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. Wow. I say Becky was telling testimony about healing of the body, which is so important. And we, we're blessed to have Becky with us this morning, this morning and sharing and sharing her testimony. But more important is that we know the gospel for ourselves in our hearts. Has God's word penetrated and cut into your heart? Because every time it does, there's a response. And what has your response been? Because Jesus took our place, he paid our debt and he bore our sin. What is your response to that? You say, yes, Lord. Thank you so much that you even love me despite all that I am and that I'm a sinner saved by grace. We read it, didn't we? Grace. So it's so that we can be saved and forgiven. God has accepted the death of Jesus Christ as the once and for all sacrifice for sin. The price of our redemption, salvation has been paid by Jesus. I'd like Lorraine to pop out now and just, just read that poem again that uh, she read uh, on Good Friday, wasn't it? I think it was Good Friday, yeah. I think it's worth repeating again. For those of you that weren't here on Good Friday, I um, read this poem, and it was read by the captain of the ship when we were cruising the Caribbean, uh, the same captain that um, conducted the service when we renewed our wedding vows for our 40th wedding anniversary. And apparently this was his favourite poem, and he read it at the church service on the Sunday morning. I was walking down life's highway a long time ago. One day I saw a sign that said, Heaven's Grocery Store. As I got a little closer, the door came open wide. And when I came to myself, I was standing inside. I saw a host of angels, they were standing everywhere. One handed me a basket and said, My child, shop with care. Everything a Christian needed was in the grocery store. And all you couldn't carry, you could come back the next day for more. First, I got some patience. Love was in the same row. Further down was understanding. 
You need that everywhere you go. I got a box or two of wisdom, a bag or two of faith. I couldn't miss the Holy Ghost, for it was all over the place. I stopped to get some strength and courage to help me run this race. By then, my basket was getting full, but I remembered some grace. I didn't forget salvation, for salvation is free. So I tried to get enough of that to save both you and me. Then I started up to the counter to pay my grocery bill, for I thought I had everything to do my master's will. As I went up the aisle, I saw prayer, and I just had to put that in. For I know when I stepped outside, I would run right into sin. Peace and joy were plentiful. They were on the last shelf. Song and praises were hanging near, so I just helped myself. Then I said to the angel, How much do I owe? He just smiled and said, Just take them everywhere you go. Again I said, How much do I really owe? He smiled again and said, my child, Jesus paid your bill a long, long time ago. Thank you, Lorraine. Because Jesus died and rose again, we can rejoice in the fact that we are forgiven by God and have a certain hope of eternal life. That's why it matters. This is why it's of first importance as a church we pass on this good news whose foundation is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I pray that you who hear the gospel message in church, even this morning again, receive it by faith and believe it. Put your personal trust in this because there's nothing else that you can depend on. The gospel needs to be central in our church, in our lives, not only on a Sunday morning, but in all the activities that we're involved in. Be thankful that Jesus died for your sins. God will, will save Jesus came to save sinners. That's why he came. And you're one of those. We're all same. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But all those who come to him in repentance and faith will be saved. We all need to a first importance Receive Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. Thanking God and for sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. Thank you for listening this morning.